He was waiting for me outside. Written by Momo Baby 97. I remember working the night shift the other night at a local McDonald's. I had to fill in for my friend Kiera, who called in sick. This night was probably one of the most terrifying nights I have ever worked. It was dead around 11 p.m. as I was asked about a manager to sweep the floors until a customer came in. One customer came in and he looked a bit rough. Bald, long rusty beard, glasses, sandals, and just clothes that had stains on them. I go over to the register and say, Hello, can I get you anything? He said, Yes, can I have a large coffee please? I take his order and give him his coffee and tell him, Have a wonderful night sir, and he smiles. I go to sweep the floor again as I see this man sitting a bit close to where I would be sweeping, which is usually under the tables and just around the floor. When I reached his table, he says, You're very beautiful. I smile and say, Thank you very much. He says, Can I give you a ride home when you get off of work? I say, No thank you, I have a ride home. He became the opposite of the nice man that I took the order from, to just pure rude. He tells me, What's your schedule? I said, I'm not allowed to give that information out, sorry. He takes his coffee and goes back outside. The next night after that, Kiera and I work together, and with my other guy friend, Jack. I told Kiera about the guy from the night before, and she just gave me a weird facial expression. Jack comes over to me and says, Monica, is everything okay? I tell him about the guy from the night before, and he gave me the look of terror, and what he said to me ran chills down my spine. Jack said, That man called the restaurant earlier and asked about you. My blood ran cold as I saw the man walk back into the restaurant. Kiera's face went pale, and Jack's jaw was dropped. My stomach turned to knots as I say, Hello, can I get you anything tonight? He says, No, but can I take you home? Jack steps out and says, No, she ain't going anywhere with you. Get out of here before I call the cops. The manager got pissed off at Jack for leaving his position at the drive-thru window while Kiera was frying burgers. Jack agreed to switch positions with me until the morning crew came in. The manager then asked me to take the trash outside. I nervously said, Okay. Jack, on the other hand, was pissed that the manager asked me to do it. Jack was nice enough to take it for me. I stayed by inside, and Jack comes in and pulls me to the janitor's closet and says, That guy was waiting for you in his truck with five other big guys in there. I felt sick to my stomach when he said that. 
Jack informs the manager, and the manager, like the freaking a-hole that she was, says, He's not going to hurt anyone. He's harmless. Get back to work. The next morning, me and Jack work together, and my other co-worker, Taylor, informs me that the man has came back and told her my schedule, and he will wait for me to come back in today. I got sick of it, till I saw him come in. Jack being the good friend that he was, told him to get the fuck out of the restaurant and to never come back again, or else he would call the cops. Jack lost his job because of this, but to me, he was just looking out for me. I fucking cried when Jack lost his job, cause I know Kiera and I would be working alone without anyone else there to protect us. But, I never saw the man again after that. I quit my job at McDonald's, and so did Kiera. Me, Jack, and Kiera now live in the same apartment building and work at a grocery store. I don't know what could have happened to me if I took out the trash that night, and not Jack. I'm just happy I never get to see that creep again. My mum escaped the hillside strangler. This takes place in October 1977. When my mum was 16, she ran away from her abusive home along with her friend Lisa. They hitchhiked from Massachusetts all the way to California. Obviously, this wasn't the brightest of plans. But given my mum's tumultuous home life and past experiences, she didn't see how it could be much more dangerous than anything she'd already experienced. They had a pretty safe and uneventful trip across the country, finding friends in many truck drivers and other travellers. It wasn't until they'd reached California when this encounter happens. The Hillside Strangler, at first thought to be one assailant, ended up being two men who were caught and brought to justice for 10 murders. So, my mum and Lisa end up meeting these two guys who were super nice to them. They crashed at their place for a few days, partying, but nothing bad had come of it at this point. These guys tell the girls that they're going to take them to the Hollywood Hills and Sunset Boulevard to see the sights. Not being from the area, my mum had no idea that these areas were more crime-ridden at the time especially considering they were supposed to be sightseeing. My mum really wanted to see where all the movie stars lived. These guys take my mum and her friend to some divey restaurant bar and get them super drunk. It's also the first time my mum is introduced to and tries cocaine. After these underage girls are now completely high and drunk, they split off in two pairs and my mum's friend disappears with one of these guys. My mum is now hanging out with just one of her new guy friends. He then suggests that they stand on the sidewalk on Sunset Boulevard in the middle of the night, and if, when a car pulls up, she should get in and direct the driver to drive across the street to this dark parking lot. It isn't really until the first and only car pulls up and she gets in 
that she's realised this guy is prostituting her out. Keep in mind, these guys had been nothing but kind and respectful to my young mum and friend for the past few days. Also, and very sadly, this type of abuse is not a new concept for her, either. She gets into this car, and instead of pulling into the parking lot, he keeps driving straight. My mum explains that he's gone the wrong way, so he starts driving faster. My mum moves towards the door, but he locks it, hits her, and attempts to hold her down all at the same time. He tells her she isn't going anywhere. My mum knew in her head she needed to get out of the car, or she'd be dead. So, in one swift move, she unlocks the door, tucks, and rolls out of the car. His car comes to a screeching halt. She sees some bushes in front of a house, so she runs to hide behind them. He's turned around, looking for her, creeping along. His passenger's side was facing where she was hiding, and she was peeking through the bushes. She saw he had a gun. As soon as his car crept by, she ran to the backyard. It was all fenced in. There was no other way out, so she had to go back the way she came. By the time she crawled back into the bushes to see if he was still around, she saw his car had gone to the end of the road and turned back around. So he passes again, and when she thought he was far enough away, she crawled out of the bushes to run. But then... She sees his brake lights. Confident that he's now seen her, she runs as fast as possible around a corner. But she could hear his car, so she had to duck and hide behind parked cars on the road. As soon as he passes again, she booked it across the street, which took her through the parking lot she was originally supposed to park in, and back to her friend. The creep did circle back again, but by then she was with her friend and they were leaving the area. My mum and her friend quickly ditched those two arseholes and did find a safer place to stay. But only a short time later did my mum call home and eventually made it home safely. It wasn't until a long time later that she saw on the news a story about a woman being murdered and recognised the murderer. Dubbed the Hillside Strangler as the man who had picked her up that night. I was almost kidnapped by the cartel, by Science Musk. This happened one year and two days ago. It was the day I never expected to come. It changed my life in so many ways that I still feel I cannot digest it. I want to start saying a little bit about myself, so you understand the context and why it was so weird and foreign for something like this to happen to me. I'm a fairly geeky guy. I love science fiction and video games. I worked, at the time, as a design engineer in a factory and spent most of my weekends with friends, hiking, playing board games, or watching movies. So you realize, nothing I did would attract the attention of the cartels. I do not have a lot of money. I just live a lower middle class type of life here in Mexico. But the real issue was my sister who was a high-ranking position in the public security area of politics. That is the reason I was targeted. It was a Tuesday early morning. I was on my way to work, 
which started at 6 a.m. I remember that day I took my dad's SUV. Because they were away on vacation and I was supposed to pick them up at the airport after work that day. I lived about half an hour away from my work, so I left at about 5.25 a.m. every morning. When I was leaving, I saw a pretty shady SUV parked like a block away from my house, and honestly, after my sister took her job, I was more aware about things that I saw out of place. I felt a little bit paranoid because weeks before it happened, I felt like someone was following me. So, yeah, I passed this SUV and saw a guy on the driver's seat with a baseball cap. I stopped for a bit, looked him straight in the eye, and he just looked down and covered his face. I honestly didn't think too much of it. My family had been telling me for weeks prior that I was just overreacting and no one was following me, so I thought it was just some random guy waiting for someone. I took off to work, and for me to get there I have to go through a really ugly neighborhood, which is poorly lit and has a really bad reputation. I was in a two-lane street that's only one way. I was in the right lane at the time and saw a Jeep Cherokee just speed by me on the left lane and then continue its way in front of me. When we arrived at the end of the street, I had to turn right to get to work, and the Cherokee just completely stopped on the right lane in front of me with their blinker signaling to the left. I found it kind of weird, but I did not want to be an asshole and honk at them and wanted to give them a few seconds to move. While I was waiting, a freaking explorer came screeching on the left lane. It stopped next to me and four guys came out of it with guns and one with a baseball bat. The guy with the baseball bat smashed my window and hit me in the face, while another put a gun to my head and said, Esto es de verdad, pendejo. Bajata del carro. Translates to, This is real, asshole. Get out of the car. So... Please understand that at the moment I did not feel like they wanted to steal my car. I already knew they were trying to kidnap me. If I knew they just wanted the car, I would have given the car to them. But I pieced everything together. The cars that I felt were following me at night every day, the guy just sitting on the SUV outside of my place, and obviously my sister's job. I knew that if they took me, it would be torture followed by certain death. And if they really wanted to kidnap me, they would not kill me. So I stepped on the gas. I smashed between the Cherokee and the Explorer and ran over one of the guys. My hope was to get to my workplace, which had private security, and call my sister so she could notify the police. With all the adrenaline in me, I passed the entrance to my work and tried to turn back, but I crashed on a corner. At that moment, I honestly felt my heart would come out of my mouth. Everything moved so slow, so I tried to calm myself down. I breathed. I saw through my mirrors if they were following me, and I saw no one. An empty street that was already lit by the morning dusk. The SUV was still working. I turned around, got to my work, yelled at the security guards to open the doors. I parked at the entrance, got out of the car, and called my sister. After that, I went inside and talked to my boss about what had happened, and went to the restroom to clean the glass and blood off my hair and face. When I came out of the restroom and out to the parking lot, there were about ten cop cars outside my workplace. My sister had already told me to speak with a specific officer and confirm his name. Everything went smooth, and I felt safe and protected. After that, I moved into my sister's house, which has police guarding it. I have bodyguards that are with me every time I go out. This has cost me my job, 
relationships, lifelong friendships. Everyone's afraid to hang out with you when they know you are a target for the cartels, and it's understandable, but it does not make it feel any less shitty. Investigations continued through the beginning of 2017. I later found out through security camera footage that there were three SUVs in total with about 12 people trying to kidnap me. I found out that the cartel that was after me was one of the most powerful cartels in the world and that the person who was in charge of investigating my case was killed. So right now, I'm working for the Mexican government. That's a low-profile job which does not pay much and does not attract too much attention. I've looked for ways to leave the country, but I do not have enough money or qualifications. I'm a college dropout. I'm still living with my sister with people protecting me and my family 24 hours a day, and the guys who tried to kidnap me are still at large. I'm trying to make the best of the situation. I've lost a lot of weight, I spend more time with my nephews and recently got into a steady relationship, but honestly, I'm always on edge and feel like I'm in imminent danger. So, to the guys who tried to kidnap me, let's not meet. I met my boyfriend on Craigslist. Written by Blair Daniels. He really bought you that diamond bracelet? I get why Rachel was sceptical. The nicest thing Mike ever got her was a pizza slice with everything on it. How did you meet him? Teresa asked, without a smile. At Starbucks. He randomly sat down next to me and we just started talking. Okay, that was a lie. The truth was, I met him online. Specifically, Craigslist. Yeah, I know what you're all thinking. What? You can't get a guy to like you at school? And, well, no, I can't. I even asked out some guys. It didn't end well. Kevin apparently had a girlfriend, though I never saw him with her. Jackson wasn't into my type, whatever that means. And Alexander just gave a flat-out no, and never talked to me again. So, soon enough, I found myself browsing the personal ads of Craigslist. And after scrolling through some weird ads, I came across something real. Teenage guy seeking nice girlfriend. M for W. 16. Hi there. My name is Matt, and I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm looking for a girlfriend. I'm pretty shy in real life, so I haven't even been on a date yet. I do track and field at my school and like to play video games. Fallout, yeah. By the way, personality is much more important than what you look like. I want to laugh and have fun with my girl, not watch her apply makeup all day. We hit it off. He was funny, smart, and just got me. After a week, he mailed me the bracelet. After two weeks, we were basically in love. And tonight, I was going to meet him for the very first time. At 10pm, I slipped into the lacy underwear I stole from my sister. At 10.30, I snuck out the window and walked the two and a half miles to his house. His parents were out of town, he said, and we'd have the place all to ourselves. When I finally got there, I had to double-check I got the address right. It wasn't a sprawling brick mansion like I had pictured, from the bracelet and talk of his parents' wealth. 
Instead, it was a grimy little house with an overgrown yard and tacky garden statues. Clank, clank, clank. I hit the knocker three times. One of the lights flicked on. Come in, a voice called from deep within the house. My heart racing with excitement, I turned the knob and walked inside. The living room was a mess. The couch was covered in papers, and on the kitchen counter sat a tub of bleach and some dirty rags. The whole house reeked, too, of something foul. A putrid mix of chemicals and rotten food. Maybe I should leave, I thought. But that was quickly stumped out by the excitement of meeting Matt. Hello? A figure walked out from the back room. But it wasn't a teenage boy. Instead, it was a towering, grey, bearded man. Despite the condition of the house, he was well-dressed, in a neat button-down and car keys. He broke into a smile, yellow, crooked teeth. You must be Sammy. I'm Mr. Johnson, Matt's father. But Matt said his parents would be out of town. My heart pounded in my chest. Uh, where's Matt? He's at the diner, waiting for you. But, but, but he told me. Oh no, you must have gotten mixed up. He wanted to meet you at the diner, so you two would have some privacy from me. But I can give you a ride over. I, I think maybe... Come on, he's so excited to meet you. No, I'll come back tomorrow. I turned my heel and started towards the door. Quickly, in fast, racing steps. Thump! Strong arms yanked me back by the waist. His wild eyes and yellow teeth flashed in my face. Get off me! I screamed. Help! Someone! But I felt the cold sting of metal against my neck. Make any more noise and I'll kill you, he growled. He took one of the rags from the sink, pulled it around my mouth, gagged me. Then he bound my wrists and threw me over his shoulder. I kicked and screamed, but the noise came out as nothing more than muffled squeals. Another girl, just like you, has a date with Matt tonight, he whispered as he walked towards the door with me. I'm going to bring you and Brittany to the abandoned farmhouse on Alston Road, and there we're going to have some fun. Thud. I was thrown into the trunk. The lid came down. The car rumbled beneath me. The tears fell hot and fast. Cold sweat soaked my shirt. How was I so stupid, I thought. I actually thought some guy on the internet was the real thing. That he liked me. Now I'm going to die. Oh, Mum, Dad, Teresa, Rachel. I fell against the side of the trunk as the car swung in a turn. And that other girl... Brittany, if only I could warn her. My sobs were muted against the gag. 
She's going to die too. With me. She just wanted a guy to notice her, like me. (sighs) The car halted to a stop. I tried to scream. I tried to thump against the sides. I tried everything I could to make as much noise as possible. Maybe someone would notice. I felt the front door close as he got out. No, don't do it. Run, 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 I thought, as if I could somehow warn her through my mind. But then I heard something else. Shouting. Muffled through the metal, but I could still make out the words. And then, crack, the trunk popped open. There stood a police officer. He's got one in here, he yelled. By some miracle, Brittany had been a sting, set up by the police. After searching Johnson's house, they found three bodies in the basement, of girls my age, probably desperate, outcast and feeling like they finally found true love in Matt. As for me, I'm grounded basically forever. The bracelet turned out to be a $5 fake, and my sister is still looking for her missing underwear. I'm going through counselling, but things are looking up. There's even a guy in my class who seems to like me. But don't worry, I'm never going to meet him at his house.